Lord, thank you uh, for the words to that song. Uh, thank you for um, that. That is still that song is still reverberating from Easter last week, and. I thank you that everything that we're saying and singing is true, and I pray that your spirit would massage those words into us so that we would really believe in the deepest parts of us. Through Christ, amen. <clears throat> so last week, if you were here, it was Easter, <laughs> and um, we got to hear uh, Apostle John's perspective during the latter years of his life uh, from the island of Patmos. So, just for fun, I thought this week uh, we could hear from the Apostle Peter's perspective toward the very end of his life. Did he still believe all this stuff at the end of his life? Um, the, the time that he's writing this was when he was imprisoned, in a, most likely imprisoned in a Roman prison, and writing the book of Second Peter. And John, of course, last week gave us the best possible news, um, but Peter has more good news. Um, he has more good news. In fact, I, for a minute, I considered dressing up like Peter, you know, in rags and chains and, and chucking live prison mice out there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I thought, no, I can't pull that off. So, um, anyway, I'm a movie buff, and I do love a happy ending. Um, in fact, for years when I was a hospice chaplain for nine years, my family would tease me because I would say, they would say, oh, there's a good movie, and I'd say, well, is there a happy ending? Because I had enough sad endings. I didn't really want more sad endings. And so um, I, I would watch happy, happy movies with happy endings. Um, and, and when you think about a good rom-com, if it's a good rom-com where somebody doesn't fall off a cliff at the end, um, there's a happy ending. Despite all the odds, the couple comes together, and, and it's exciting, and they ride off into the sunset excited about their future. But you know, I'm, I'm the skeptic in the crew, and I'll look and say, oh, that's nice, but how about what's next? You know, after the honeymoon and all that business and things die down, what's next? And I wonder that about Easter. So you've got the big excitement and tragedy of Jesus' death and the surprise of his resurrection and the, and the amazement of his ascension. In fact, even his disciples are left there. We, if we were to take a, a still shot of his disciples, when Jesus ascended back to the Father, do you remember what they were doing? They were standing there, just looking there, probably mouths open. Just, in fact, an angel said to them, uh, why are you standing there looking up? Why are you looking up there like that? You know, like, keep living your life. He's coming back. But there was just this, um, wow, uh, so he's gone. Jesus has left the building. Uh, now what? That's, that's, the, that's the point where the disciples were. I wonder how they felt. Some of my favorite movies are based on a premise. There's a premise that you'll recognize. See if you, if you notice this because it's in a lot of movies. The premise is you have more than you think you have and you are more than you think you are. So, you know, like you're rich and you didn't even know it or you're important or you're powerful and you didn't even know it. You thought you were just this little putz, but in reality, you're important. You, you've got so much. 
And in fact, that's the message that Peter is giving us. I think it's the exact message he's giving us in the last epistle, that he, the last letter that he writes. And I think he's saying, you are more than you think you are, and you have more than you think you have. Um, can you think of any movies like this? Kind of rags to riches. Go ahead, chuck them out here. Harry Potter, absolutely. We think he's just some little nobody kid, orphan kind of a kid, but he's got power. Anything else? Any other movie come to mind? Star Wars. Luke Skywalker. You know, he's just, he's nobody. He's just a kid. Wait a minute. He's not nobody. He's somebody. Um, Pay It Forward, did I hear over here? Ah, I love that movie. That's a, that's a, that's a good movie. Pretty, <laughs> pretty woman, that's right. You are more than a gorgeous prostitute. <laughs> and I wasn't directing that at you, Tim. <laughs> so so there's, if you watch any Marvel shows, if you watch any superhero shows, you know, you, you'll see the same kind of story. And what's fun to us, the viewers, is that we get to watch the characters discover who they really are and what they really can do what they really have. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the, oh, absolutely. Beauty and the Beast. So it's, and it's fun to see somebody who thinks they're a nobody, and, and really, you're not a nobody. Um, so this is a little bit about what this passage is about. I think we're gonna read it together. We're gonna treat this a little bit like a Bible study today because I like getting your hands dirty in this. I don't like to do all your work for you. Um, I like you to kinda, you know, roll up your sleeves and get in God's word yourselves. So um, you have two options here. You can read this off the screen or you can read it off the little half sheet of paper. In fact, while I'm thinking about it, um, my beautiful assistant named Margo um, <clears throat> has prizes for you. Um, does anybody not have a half sheet of paper um, that you're gonna need it throughout the service? Raise your hand and Margo will give those to you. Thank you. Um, and this way you can um, take this home and remember it. So, uh, would you read this passage with me? Don't leave me hanging out here. No mumbling, loud and strong. <clears throat> Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Good, nicely done. 
Um, <clears throat> let's read it again. No, just kidding. You guys, sometimes it's hard to read as a group, but you guys nailed it. Um, and part of the reason I have you do it is, as a former educator, the more of your senses that are involved with something, the more you will retain what you're learning. So we wanted to get your mouth involved and your ears and um, everything. So um, when you watch a BBC show, um, sometimes they will say something like, through our generous sponsor, Viking Cruises, we present to you Downton Abbey. Uh, and this is a gentle reminder that someone behind the scenes has made it possible for us to have this production and experience. So Peter, in this passage, um, does something very similar through the word through. If you notice, if, you looked, if, you, if you're a pen and make, making notes kind of person, you could circle all the throughs in this because there's a bunch of throughs, especially in the first four verses of this. Um, and he, Peter is telling us, he, he tells us what we have, but he also tells us who is responsible for what we have. So we're going to look through these throughs together. And so um, get on it. Um, take a look at your little papers or up at the screen. Um, so the first through, um, through the righteousness of Jesus, what have we received? Faith. Yeah, faith. That's the first thing. And then, um, so that was through the righteousness of Jesus. And then through our knowledge of Jesus, what is ours? G grace and peace, how much? Oh yeah, a lot of it, a whole pile of it. Grace and peace and abundance. That's through our knowledge of Jesus. <clears throat> through the knowledge of him who called us, what has he given us? Everything we need for what? Everything we need for a godly life. Let's not miss that one, that's a big one. Then, through God's glory and goodness, what has he given us? Yeah, great and precious promises. Do you see all these throughs? Through, 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 through. Um, and then there's one more. Through these promises, what supernatural ability do we have? Yeah, what? What in the world does that even mean? Trey, um, if you could step up here and share. Uh, <laughs> he would too, believe me, he's my friend. <laughs> but this is exciting. If you look at this, this is a whole pile of gifts. We're not talking just chocolate bunnies in our Easter basket here. We're talking things like um, faith, uh, grace and peace and abundance, everything we need for a godly life, great and precious, precious promises that unlock a supernatural ability to participate in the divine nature. These gifts, we might not even realize we have. I mean, these are big gifts. Peter is telling us that we are rich beyond our wildest dreams. You have no idea what you've got. Through Jesus, we've been lavished with all these gifts. What if I just took one of these? What if I took one of these and believed it tomorrow morning? And I got up in the morning and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I have everything I need to live a godly life. Wow. Uh, why don't you, it feels pretty good to say it. Go ahead and say it with me. Ready? 
I have everything I need to live a godly life. Uh, not everybody said it, let's try it again. I mean, it's, the gifts are for everybody, for all the kids. I have everything I need to live a godly life. Any feelings come up when you say that? What do you feel when you say that? What, what's that? Empowered, that's right. Empowered, what else? Any skeptics in the room like me? Oh yeah, Rachel. <laughs> what do you feel? What do you feel in the back? Yeah. Pressure. Um, grateful. Anybody else have a feeling come up when you say that? What? Loud? Oh, loved. Love. Oh, doubt. Yeah. Maybe there's a mixture in there of um, yay, uh, hmm, confidence and doubt. Both. I think sometimes both. So if I have everything I need to live a godly life, then why don't I live a godly life every day? I mean, I'm not asking rhetorically. Why don't I? Any ideas? <laughs> That's a good answer. We're sinners. Um, Trey, idea? Yeah, maybe it's we just don't believe what we really do have. Maybe, or maybe sometimes I'm focusing on me. I'm focusing on like my brokenness, my inadequacies, instead of on what I've actually got through Christ. Um, but if I'm looking at, you know, <laughs> I have days when I wake up and I think, I don't think what I just said with you guys. I think, well, at best, trying to follow Jesus today is going to be a real struggle. <laughs> That's what I think some days. Um, but I think that's because I'm focused on me. And this passage, in verse 3, where's the source of the ability coming from? Be specific. I mean, what's it say in verse 3? Ah, thank you. His divine power. Um, so the source of where all this ability comes from is not from my divine power, it's from his divine power. That's where it comes from. And you know, Peter is writing this, and you can bet that Peter never forgot when he got that divine power. Remember Jesus said to his disciples, oh, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. But I'm sure they weren't ready for Pentecost. They were, their minds were officially blown at Pentecost when all that power came and God's Spirit came on them. Well, guess what? That same Spirit of Jesus is in me and is in you. That same spirit, that same power. Not only do we have access to divine power, but also this passage says we have access to the divine nature. So divine power and divine nature. Well, Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind what if I walked through my day and I had the mind of Jesus and every person I looked at, I looked at through his eyes and every situation I looked at, I looked at with his point of view. That's the mind of Christ. That would be the divine nature. And if you think about it, how else could I possibly live a godly life unless I participate in the godly nature? I can't just will myself to live a godly life. 
there's got to be something else that happens. So my, my brain, <laughs> um, I had, you know, every, every preacher <laughs> has a point in their sermon when they think, oh no, I can't, I don't have anything here. This is, this is too big for me. And this was my point this week when I was like, whoa, the divine nature, participate in the divine nature. How can my puny brain even understand that at all? Um, but then the Lord um, came through for me in the form of a superhero movie um, to show me about the divine nature. Um, <clears throat> really, uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Um, you know, another Peter here. Um, Peter Parker, as Spider-Man, didn't just wake up one day and say, look in the mirror and say, I have everything I need to live a spider's life. Um, he didn't do that. Like, as if by his will he could just be a spider and have that spiderness. Um, no, he was, in the story, he was bitten by a spider and somehow magically his DNA was infused with this spider DNA and, and LinkedIn, and then miraculously he was able to participate in the spider's nature. Check this out. See if you remember this Hi, movie. Hi, sweetie. You're just, just in time for dinner. Hey, how you doing, buddy? How was the field trip? Uh, I don't feel well. I'm going to go to sleep. Well, you want to have a bite? No, thanks. Had a bite. Well, did, did, did you get some pictures, Peter? Uh, I got a crash. Everything's fine. What's that all about? So this is just the beginning of what Peter discovers about the changes. He goes on, I wish I had time to watch the whole movie, um, <laughs> but I especially like the part when he's learning stuff about being able to climb walls like a spider, and he's learning how to shoot web, and, but it doesn't come just automatically, he has to try to figure it out, and he, he does stuff like, web go, web, web go, shazam, go. <laughs> you know, because it doesn't just come in, uh, instantly. 
he gradually has to figure out what it means to have that spider nature. And that's us, see? Every time we come to this table, to the communion table, what we're really confessing is <clears throat> we're confessing we need Jesus, his life, his DNA, his godness um, to be in us. And it's not just a one-time transaction. It's more like an ongoing process, a process of knowing Jesus and taking him in more and more. So the knowing Jesus, I can tell, is a key to this um, because Peter mentions the knowledge of Jesus three times in this passage. So I think this is one of the keys to unlocking all these gifts that we've, been re that we've received. So anybody remember what epistemology means? Study of what? Study of knowing. Ah, Jared, bonus, pick up your prize from Vanna. Um, <laughs> Um, the epistemology is the study of knowing, and in seminary I was asked to write a paper on the difference between uh, Greek and Hebrew epistemology, which sounds like a real eye-opener, doesn't it? Um, actually, it was, it was interesting. Um, what I, you know, our, as, a, as a former English teacher, our Western culture's educational system was built primarily on the Greek form of epistemology, of knowing. Um, Greek, the Greek form can be kind of impersonal. It can just be kind of gathering a bunch of information. It's pretty head-oriented, um, gathering data and information facts. Um, but Peter, the apostle Peter, who, who's writing this, he didn't grow up in the Greek culture. He grew up in the Hebrew culture. And in the Hebrew culture, Epistemology, knowing things, was more holistic, like a full knowing that affected your, your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, every part of you. In fact, I grew up uh, reading the King James Version in churches. Some of you might remember that, and you might remember verses um, like in Genesis uh, when it says that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. So... That's more than just gathering data, you know? Um, that's a different kind of knowing. In fact, the, the message paraphrase gives us a better glimpse of what Peter meant when he talked about, from the Hebraic perspective, what he meant by the knowledge of Jesus. Um, <clears throat> check out this verse. It says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately, the one who invited us to God, the best invitation we ever received. That's a paraphrase of the verses we're studying right now, but I like that, getting to know personally and intimately. That's, that's the Hebrew vantage point on looking at knowledge. So if you track these uh, times that Peter included this key of, of knowledge in our text, um, take a look at... Um, Take a look at the first occurrence. Um, what's important about, this fir, uh, fir, about the first occurrence of through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, what do we get from that, from that knowledge of God and Jesus? Grace and peace. So we don't get it unless we have that key, that knowledge of Jesus key. Then how is the knowledge of Jesus a key in the second occurrence of this? Um, only through the knowledge of him who called us do we get what? 
Take your time. Only through the knowledge of him who called us do we get... Yes, everything we need for a godly life, Tobin. So it must be important, that knowledge of Jesus must be a key. So we can't just skip, skip by that. Um, it's not just giving um, credit to Jesus. It's saying that this is, a, this is um, an important ticket to, know it, to um, receiving these gifts. <clears throat> now, there's a third occurrence of the knowledge of Jesus that was, is a little different. Um, it's like the one thing that doesn't fit here. Um, in the third occurrence, it, this talks about how knowledge of Jesus cannot be a key. What happens when it's not a key? What, what's the, what, what happens in the third occurrence? Do you see it? It can be in certain instances. What are the negative words that it, that it can be? Yeah. It can be ineffective and unproductive. Do you see that? Wait a minute. Um, I don't want my knowledge of Jesus to be ineffective and unproductive. Um, <clears throat> speaking of that, my, my sister Chris is a nurse, and she has a, she, she has a whole list, we have a whole list of conspiracy theories. And one of her conspiracy theories is that someone has probably found a cure for the common cold. But there's a conspiracy that all the people making money off of cold medicine and all the things related to colds and flus, they are not letting the common public know what this, what this wonderful cure is. Now, I realize that might be a silly idea, or Chris, it might be completely true if you ever watch this on video. Um, but that is an example of ineffective and unproductive knowledge. If somebody's sitting on the cure to the common cold, they have the knowledge, but it's not doing anybody any good. So there is a way that the knowledge of Jesus, it's possible that we could have knowledge of Jesus in some form, but have it not be doing any good. Now, some of you out there I know are like me. Some of you have gone to church all your life and have done the whole routine. Maybe, I mean, I've been to, I went to Christian church. I went to uh, Awana, Christian camp, Christian college. I went to seminary. I've served at large churches. I've served at small churches. I have this big pile of knowledge of Jesus. But this verse made me pause and think, well, is the knowledge of Jesus I have effective and productive? Is the knowledge I have actually doing any good? Are the gifts, all these gifts that we just read about, are, we, are those doing us any good? Or are they just sitting there? So it seems to me like there are two keys through which we open these gifts. Through the knowledge of Jesus as well as through the promises um, the message, um, a paraphrase, again, puts Peter's words like this. Take a look at this. I like this. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Then what's that last phrase? Would you read that out loud with me? Your tickets to participation in the life of God. Whoa. Okay. What if the secret to activating all the gifts we've been given is to continue knowing Jesus and unwrapping his promises? What if God's divine power really has given us everything we need to live a godly life, but we've got all these packages, priceless packages, that still need to be opened up by us? Maybe unproductive and ineffective knowledge 
of Jesus simply means that we have unopened packages on our doorstep that are doing no good to us or others. Do you remember this commercial? Hi. Hi. I've been ruined on an island for five years with this package. And I swore that I would deliver it to you because I work for FedEx. That's very admirable. Thank you. Hey, well, by the way, what's in the package? Uh, nothing, really. Just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Just silly stuff. Thank you again. You keep up the good work. <laughs> okay, the, the real truth is that is my favorite part of this whole sermon. <laughs> Come on, that is funny. Uh, if you've seen Tom Hanks in Castaway, man, that, that just, what a perfect spoof. I'd like to talk to the guy who created, or the gal who created that commercial. Because I thought that when I was watching the movie. He's hanging on and wanting to deliver this package, and I'm the pragmatic, and I'm thinking, hey man, I'm going to open this package and see if there's something in here that I can use. See? So, you know, this is... This is my picture of this, this passage that we're reading in 2 in, in Peter. This is my picture. And, and it's, not like, it's not like this is hard work, like this is bad news to give you. Like, oh, I'm piling something terrible on you. Oh, no, I've got to unwrap all these packages. I mean, if you give a kid a big pile of packages for his birthday, her birthday, um, you're never going to hear that kid say, oh, you know, I just don't want to do all the work. You know, I mean, look at this. I'd have to unwrap that. Whatever. I'm just, like, too much work for me. This is an effort I just can't make. No way. No kid does that. Nobody in their right mind does that with a pile of gifts. What you do is you start ripping. You start saying, great, there's going to be good stuff in here for me. All I have to do is open it up. So, this is what I think is this verse here. The first four verses that we've been looking at, I think, unlock the second half of this passage. I think once we begin to open the packages, the rest of the package just clicks into place. The more I know Jesus and unwrap all the promises that Scripture gives me, the more naturally the waterfall of qualities will start flowing from my life. Pay attention. Look at this quality in the second half. <clears throat> The second half of this passage, this list goes on from, it's saying make every effort to add to these things. It starts with faith, which we've already received, this precious faith. But then it says, you know, add to the list goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, love. Um, you know, make an effort to have those come out of your life. Um, but here's the thing. The packages that we're receiving um, through the great and precious promises, are what equip us to do those things. So we're, not, we're equipped with all the packages we need to live a godly life. All those virtues that sound like, wow, I can't reach that bar. But here's the thing, if you open the packages, you can. All the packages are for your equipping. So let's, I'll give you an example of just a, a silly way to, to do this. So um, it starts off with, with faith, which we've already received, um, or I hope we've already all received faith in Jesus. If you haven't, 
Do it today. It's a great gift. Um, receive that faith. Um, but on top of that, we're supposed to add goodness. So what we do is visual, invi- visualize rummaging through a pile of packages. I want to add some goodness to my faith. So can I rummage through these packages and can I find any promise, any great and precious promise that has something to do with goodness? Does any verse in scripture, any package come to your mind that, that has to do with goodness? Take your time. And maybe nothing will come right away. Maybe you'll have to dig. Maybe you'll have to start opening. Maybe you haven't opened this package already. Love thy neighbor, that's goodness. Um, something even, that, that's a good one right there. Um, and so I could, I could unwrap that package. Anything else come to your mind about goodness? Tim's ahead of you all so far. <laughs> um, no, it, sometimes you freeze up. Sometimes the, sometimes the Lord will bring things to your mind as, as you're listening to the, to the pastor, whoever's speaking up here, the, the Holy Spirit will bring things to your remembrance. He will, and, and Tobin, were you starting to say one? That's right. That's, that's one right there. The one that came to my mind as I was thinking about this just was from the Psalms. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And here's what I mean by unwrapping the package. It's not just like a sword drill where it's like, found it, found it. Um, it's like um, you're unwrapping, <laughs> slowly unwrapping a really good package, you know? Like this taste and see that the Lord is good. When I was unwrapping this by myself in preparation to this, I, I thought, hmm, I just want to pause and think about, look at this verse, look at this package, taste and see that the Lord is good. Man, he is good. He's good to me. Lots of times, even when I've been down or hurting, he's shown up in small ways. It might be something simple like the lake outside my house. It might be something small like a little encouraging text from a friend. But over and over, he shows up and shows me that he's good, that he really is good. Now, do you see what I'm doing? I'm unwrapping a package there. That's a package that I'm unwrapping. And when I do that, I think, well, I want to be good. I want to have goodness come out of my life. So <clears throat> by receiving that package and really taking it in, that just equips me to have goodness come out of my life. So today, I'm going to want to be good because I've tasted the goodness of God. Well, then, then I'm supposed to add to goodness something else. What's the next thing I'm supposed to add? Knowledge, okay. So, and as you rummage through your packages, can you think of any package on your doorstep that might have something to do with knowledge? Oh, the seven spirits of the Lord of knowledge, okay. There's a package that Zach got. Anybody else have one, Trey? I know the well, I'm talking about, really, I'm talking about knowledge, <laughs> but that could, be the, <laughs> that could be knowledge also. Um, all knowledge is God's knowledge. All truth is God's truth, you know, comes from him. Um, but when I'm talking about opening packages, I'm talking really about uh, scripture, you know. Anybody have one come to mind, Lynn? Grace and 
Yeah, pray continuously. That is knowledge. You know, and it doesn't have to have the word knowledge in it. Um, it, it there's, it's, but you can pause and you can open that and say, what's in that for me? What is in that for me? A closeness to God. When I was thinking about the package, a package about knowledge, uh, the verse that just flipped in my mind, the more you know scripture, the more the Holy Spirit brings things automatically to your mind. So it's fun, because you're like, wow, I haven't thought about that package, and I haven't played with that toy. I haven't opened that package in so long, but there it is. So the one that came to my mind was Philippians 3.8. It says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. So I, I, when I thought of this, I thought, man, what if that were really the way I looked at life? What if tomorrow I thought everything else is garbage compared to knowing Christ? If my priorities were shaken up like that, Lord, I want that. I want that knowledge of you, and I want that knowledge of you to come out of me as I go throughout my day. So you see the packages, you unwrap them, you take them in, you really absorb them, and then they come out your life. What's the next one? Um, right after um, knowledge. Self-control. Um, not a personal favorite of mine, uh, but, <laughs> but yet Peter says make every effort to add to your faith goodness and your goodness knowledge and to your knowledge self-control. So this is not my particular strength. So I definitely need to rummage through the packages and find something that would um, relate to self-control in my life because I need a package for that. Can you think of any package related to self-control? Unfortunately, that's not a verse. <laughs> a lot of people think it is, Roger. I know you're just trying to throw a trick, trick question at me. But, um, but no, that is not a verse. But um, anybody have a, a verse that's come into your mind? Oh, nice one, Mandy. That's, a, that's really good. If you guys don't know Mandy and Tim, go introduce yourselves before they slip out afterwards. Um, they're awesome so far. Um, <laughs> in the few weeks I've known them. Um, so the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do do. That's a great one about self-control. Um, and everybody can relate to the Apostle Paul in that. Um, the one that came to my mind, because I was still kind of thinking about Easter, I was thinking about Jesus fulfilling Isaiah 53, and when it, when it said, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And I thought, I know this is for me, but I was like, man, I shoot off my mouth all the time. You know, I, I say things that I think, ha, ha, ha. I say a lot of stuff, and I don't always um, feel like it was showing self-control. So, see, this package, maybe that package was for Mandy. That's the reason the Holy Spirit brought it to your mind. And maybe this package was specifically for me. You know what I mean? See, the packages are personal. Um, the, the Lord... The Lord gives them to you at certain times in your life for certain reasons. The reason a certain verse will come to your mind, pay attention when it does because that's for you. That's the Holy Spirit bringing that to your mind and activating that in you. Um, so 
the idea is as I open this and I meditate on this package and I think, wow, I don't have that in myself, but Jesus, you do. And apparently this is for me and I need it. So I'm gonna take this gift, I'm gonna unwrap it, and then the rest of the day I'm gonna live in self-control because you gave me that gift so I can live it out. And I'm not gonna unwrap all these, where's the fun in me unwrapping all the gifts for you? Um, there's a whole list, there's more, more things for you to unwrap on your own. Go through the whole list if you want when you get home. Uh, it's a fun exercise because the Holy Spirit really does speak to you and he speaks to you many times through different ways but many times through scripture. Um, because Jesus said, I'm gonna, the, the Spirit is going to remind you of everything that I've taught you. So, <clears throat> so um, I hope, what I was trying to do is model what I mean by un unwrapping these gifts. Because the keys to having all these gifts are knowing Jesus and unwrapping all these great and precious promises. Um, and it doesn't matter where you're at, uh, how much you know the Bible, start where you are. Peter tells us all to make an effort. Open the Bible and discover. The promises are for you. And it's not an effort to open up a bunch of gifts. It's not an effort. It's a pleasure. Um, in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, for all the promises of God, for all the promises of God, find their yes in Christ. For all the promises of God, find their yes in in Christ. So the more we know Jesus and un unwrap these promises, the more this passage says we will begin to possess these qualities in increasing measure. So picture Peter at the end of his life and he's trying to give a pep talk to all these people he's been mentoring and discipling. He's writing a note where he's trying to encourage people say, listen you guys, you are rich you have more than you think you have. You are more than you think you are. You have everything you could possibly need to live a godly life. This is great news. You've got this. That's what he's writing to people. It's great news. You know, and, um, but then he also, you know, this is Peter at the end of his life, and you would think that because he lived through the Easter story, he lived through and saw everything that happened, that he would never ever be able to forget what happened at Easter. But in this passage, it talks about how what can happen over time is that we can get short-sighted, nearsighted, and blind. Um, we can, in fact, sometimes the picture gets small. Our pictures go to our little small world, our small suffering, our small stories, and we forget this grand, big picture. And so when we come to this table, the idea, Jesus said, every time that you drink of this drink, or eat of this bread, drink of this cup, do it for the same reason every time, which is what? To remember. To remember me. And because he knows that we can forget. Peter wrote that we can even forget that we've been cleansed from our past sins. We can forget all this good news, forget who we are, and forget what we've received. So this is to say we don't ever want to forget. We need these reminders. We're coming to you, Lord, to be reminded, to see what you've done for us, and through you, all the gifts that's been, that have been lavished upon us.
So we're going to thank him for that and rem remember together. <coughs> Lord, I pray that you would give us um, the zooming out lens of faith that we need to zoom out from our little pictures and our little problems and our little worlds to zoom out and see the big picture, the big story, the big, the big plan, the big sacrifice. I pray that you would help us to, to get a um, divine perspective so that we can live a divine life with divine power today and tomorrow. So Lord, I, I just pray that you would give us those eyes that we'd be able to participate in the divine nature as we take in the body and blood of Jesus, that we would participate in that divine nature. Um, only you can do that in us. And so we're excited as we come to your table and we're grateful and we remember Jesus what this cost you and we love you for it amen